Hi, this is Mary James with Passive House Accelerator, and thanks for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Passive House podcast, recorded at FiasCon 23 in Houston, Texas. And a big thank you to Zola Windows for their support of the series. sitting here with Trey Farmer of Forgecraft Architecture. Please, can you introduce yourself and uh, just tell us a little bit about your firm and the projects that you work on? Yeah, we are uh, an architect uh, in principle. We're a 20-person firm, all architects and a couple interior designers. Um, We do passive house, uh, custom homes, uh, a lot of affordable and supportive housing and sort of emerging tech. So some like 3D printing, modular kind of thing. You know, we like to like to look at novel problems, like to build housing and uh, work on work on work that's going to make a difference in people's lives and, you know, push on exciting things. And being here at the FiasCon, you know, it's like really so much fun being sort of among, among the tribe and, you know, just, so many great talks and seeing people who I've been looking up to for years and uh, getting to meet them and, and learn from them. It's been incredible. So um, you said 20-person firm, which um, seems like when I first talked to you a few years ago, your firm was a lot smaller than yeah, that. Yeah, we were, we were about eight people going into COVID, and so we've grown quite a bit uh, over the last three or four years. Um, which has been really fun. We've got this like incredible new group of people working with us who are all like excited and incredible designers and people. And so it's, you know, just like culturally, it's been really fun having that kind of growth shift and new blood. Uh, so yeah, most of that work has been on the, the, uh, affordable housing, supportive housing, like tax credit side. So we're doing a lot of that work, um, around Texas and a little bit around the country. That's really exciting. So there's um, the affordable housing is being funded by or partially funded by tax credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those uh, there's kind of a few different mechanisms of those, but they uh, yeah they're they're funded through HUD and the state, and they're um, competitive tax credit projects. So they're like a very aggressive uh, timeline and schedule, kind of the way they work. Um, we've got these like really amazing kind of mission-driven clients. So like we're working with a women and children shelter to create permanent supportive housing for some of their people, um, and uh, working with another group that here in ha- we were actually one of the tour tour projects of the Fiascon this year, uh, Temenos Permanent Supportive Housing, which is a 95-unit um, supportive housing project for formerly uh, unhoused people in in Austin. Um, so just like, you know, amazing client teams and build teams. And, uh, it's been really interesting, like taking our single family work doing passive house and, and being able to use woofy passive and, and a lot of the same principles and then track that up to the multifamily and see like, okay, what lessons can we, can we learn either just from process or from like a building science standpoint? Um, you know, being able to like really use the model to cost optimize those projects. And those owners typically own the buildings forever and are paying all the utilities on them. So, you know, if we can prove out an ROI, like they're way above code on their assemblies and their systems, and they, they really care about the people going into them. So it's like from a kind of commercial multifamily standpoint, it's it's like an ideal client base 
um, for us to push hard on on some of these passive house principles. And I assume they're new construction. Yes, primarily. There's occasionally there's been a few like during COVID, um, Austin and Houston both did uh, kind of like purchased old. Uh, what do you call them, like long-term stay hotels that were not being used and then transform those into housing for the homeless. And so we've done a little bit of that work, but the the, um, the permanent supportive housing, like tax credit work is all new structures. And they're, um, are they setting fierce targets as their goal? We have not been able to certify one yet. We're trying, the air sealing is the big the big trick. Um, we actually have one of our client developers, uh, their development and construction leads are both at the conference. So that's like so exciting that we were able to get them to uh, tag along with us and, and they're having a lot of fun. Um, but we have been doing woofy modeling. We've done a few feasibility studies on them with FIAS. We did a custom targeting exercise on one looking at, uh, I think it was like the first large scale multifamily to be modeled in a, a hot climate. So looking at like okay, where should those targets be? Um, and working with the FIAS team on, on you know, sort of making sure that those, the targets were aligned with, co with cost optimizing the building. Um, but yeah, lots of like fun lessons learned out of those. We, one just wrapped up construction in Austin and we actually removed the, the, some of the continuous insulation on it and put that money into heat pump hot water heaters. And so that was a, a woofy, you know, passive house informed decision, even though the project isn't certifying where we were able to uh, get like really high performance and a, a great EUI on the building by doing those cost optimizing strategies using the model and kind of pulling on different levers and seeing what made the most sense. That's so exciting to hear, um, you know, because the hot and humid climates are, uh, I don't want to say a harder nut to crack, but there hasn't been as much work done in these clowns. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's new. So uh, I, we were super excited to have FIAS choose to have the conference in Houston, right? We're in the hot human climate right now. So uh, just like bringing that energy down here to and bringing all the practitioners who have been doing this stuff for, you know, 10 or 15 years and built dozens and dozens of projects to help teach us and inspire people down here has been really great. And I know that uh, you talked a couple of different times at the conference, but you also just said that you were super excited by different ideas that you had heard about at the conference. Um, do you want to talk about like one idea that popped out at you at this conference? Yeah. Um, well, so this morning um, there was the ASHRAE talk, which you know basically like codifying, creating a a code base for passive house standard that could then be adopted you know more easily by cities and states um and i think that that is really exciting that's 227p yes. actually 227p for those who don't know <laughs> yeah the 227p and and kimberly llewellyn who presented on it is is a, a good friend and an austin-based um so i think that it, you know it's such like an important effort to kind of like take this from like a niche sort of thing to like a broader audience and, and you know seeing uh, like Beverly Craig's presentation about uh, all the work that's being done in Massachusetts incentivizing and now mandating uh, passive house and multifamily like just it, it's really cool to like it's like all of a sudden the kind of like elbow of the curve is like here or in sight and, and even just talking with the FIAS certification team about their expectations of like they're going to more than double the amount of multifamily projects certified 
next year to this year because of because of Massachusetts alone. Um, so it's a, you know it's a fun time. Okay, and you did say something about that you do three D printing with your firm. We, we've What's had that? we've worked with a couple three D printing uh, companies on on projects. Um, so there we were the architects of record on um, on a few three D printed projects, uh, and, and and there's some active work in that too. Is that for single family housing? Yeah, so far, um, all of the 3D printed work is single family detached homes. Um, it's still like a really nascent technology. So there's, there's a, you know, there's a number of companies in the space. Um, there's Icon is a big one that's based in Austin. And then there's a couple in Houston, a couple else around the country. And as far as I know, all of them are still just printing single family homes, but I know that they're all working on being able to print like multiple stories and do party walls to do multifamily and that kind of thing but I, they're all i don't know lots of different business models and sort of nascent kind of right. startup tech yeah. and are any of them setting high performance passive targets we have talked with a couple of them about passive house so a few different ones have approached us about passive houses so um i'm hopeful that we'll be able maybe next time we talk we can talk about the first 3d printed passive house but uh at the moment there has not been a 3d printed passive house to my knowledge okay well um one of the things that really struck me at the conference was and i am not going to remember the exact number but there was a really large number of power outages in Texas within the last three to five years. I don't remember exactly, but I was surprised at the um, frequency. And that must be an issue that comes up for you when you're um, marketing or talking to people about passive houses, resiliency. Do you, is that, am I leaping to assumptions here? Or no, no, not at all. Yeah, we had uh, a kind of snowmageddon winter storm, Yuri, which is um, sort of, you know, that first COVID winter. Um, and I think everyone thought it was a one-off. And, it, you know, I, that was in national news, right, about uh, millions of people without power in Texas for, for quite a while. Um, our house was without power for about three days and, and performed really well, right? Like it was very much in line with the, the Rocky Mountain Institute studies and resiliency and sort of uh, like livable hours. Um, and so we, after three days in single digit weather, um, our house got down to about 50 degrees. And if you consider like our design temps are like 47 is the winter design temp. So our houses are not meant to be withstanding weather of that temp, uh, that, that kind of like temperature delta. Um, so we were, you know, really pleased with it. And then, yeah, the, the year afterwards, um, we had an ice storm. So it's kind of one was more of like grid failure and the other one was more like transmission failure, but we had a, had a huge ice storm that just took down, um, the grid and sort of like a million different places so then it just was really hard to restore power because they were going to fix so many downed lines versus sort of the winter storm was like they just didn't like there was infrastructure and weatherization of the actual uh um production facilities um, a lot of the natural gas plants were not weatherized and a lot of the piping to get the natural gas to the plants was not weatherized a lot even some a lot of the like wind production was not not weatherized and so it's you know, it's a funny thing right it's like I guess we're just not used to it down here. I don't know, government issues, but they're 
the, the turbines work fine in Norway in the winter, right? It's a lot colder there than it was here. Um, but it's, it has been a thing that has definitely come up in client conversations. We've seen a lot of, um, a lot of people asking about resiliency, PV, battery backup. Um, and, and then, yeah, through Passive House, just like I think the, the messaging around putting the money into your envelope and your mechanicals first to have a more robust cooler. You know, we use the, the Yeti cooler as our hometown hero and is a great analogy for Passive House. Um, so, so living in a Yeti cooler when the power's out works a lot better than living in a old, uh, old school kind of igloo cooler. Oh, I didn't realize the Yeti cooler was an Austin mm. product. Yeah, they're based in Austin. Oh, that's great. Well, um, Trey, thank you so much for coming and talking with us. I really appreciate you taking the time. Mm-hmm.